That's why I think it's so important to get in tune with your why is because when you know why you're doing something, I think it's almost this imaginary but very tangible bridge that connects you to someone. And I believe that the people that need to walk to body positivity on the bridge of, I never fit in, I never looked the part, I never was accepted, whatever, they're on my bridge and we're walking over. And over on the next town, people who need to hear about it from someone who's been through like an eating disorder or whatever, like they need to hear it from her. And I respect that I don't have the message for her, but we're all going to the same destination, if that makes sense. Welcome to CEO School. We are your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. Okay, welcome to the show today, Ashley. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah, I'm so excited. Sorry we've had some scheduling issues, but we're going to make it happen. It's happening. (laughs) We We chatted last week, and the power went out, and then it's like corona and kids, so I'm so grateful. I'm really excited to dive in. Um, So I want to just dive right into it. My first question for you is, I feel like you are the queen of, like you can pivoted in so many different directions. You started as a food blogger and then body positivity and you've been a public speaker. You also have physical products like a watermelon slicer and you have a period cup company. So I feel like you've been in your own clothing line, like just across the board, done so many really cool things. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel for people that are listening that maybe they're in an industry or a niche that they're not super excited about anymore? What do you Mm -hmm. feel like is the thing that's helped you to just transition from one to the next so smoothly? It's funny because I used to also have a lot of insecurities about how many things I did. And I was like, I just am like whiplash. I don't know what I'm doing. And I felt all confused by it. But like, I knew I had some underground like drive taking me through everything, but I was never able to pinpoint it until a couple of years ago. And I just kind of realized that even though how I deliver um, my message and like my why had changed, but that it had always been the same. And I really resonate with the word acceptance. That's something that's always meant a lot to me. And I think I have kind of moved between like self-acceptance and accepting others and helping people feel included and those kind of things. And so while on the outside, it can look a little confusing, like there's so much, I knew on the inside, there was a reason why I was doing that. So to anyone who's considering making a change or if they're kind of bored with what they're doing, I would go back to the beginning, like why you started doing whatever it is you love in the first place and trying to pinpoint what it was that core human need that you were trying to fulfill by doing whatever it is you did and look at other ways you can fulfill that. Cause there's so many different ways that we can fulfill those needs and we don't have to be trapped in one certain way, you know? What was that like for you? Was when you were food blogging, did you get to a point of just feeling super burnt out? How did you move from, you know, food blogging to, you were posting pictures of food every single day. So how did you really transition from going from posting pictures of food to yourself? And was that scary? I mean, were you afraid like everybody would leave? Yeah, I was, it was a weird time because when I first discovered like the power of Instagram and what it was, I used it to share pictures of food. And I felt like I was some kind of genius because actually at the time I had a ton of insecurities about ever showing my face or my body. Like I didn't want anyone to know what I looked like. I liked sharing healthy recipes, but I've always never looked like someone who spends like six hours a day in a CrossFit gym or anything. And anything I saw online of people talking about healthy eating 
they looked a way that I didn't look. So I thought that I had like really cracked the code to success online is how I could just take a picture of a plate of food and I never had to show my face. Um, and then I got a call from Good Morning America a couple probably a month or two after I started doing that process online and they wanted to interview me and my family about how we do recipes. And I remember having like an actual panic attack. Like I did not want people to come film me in my house and see me. And I thought that like the secret's going to be out and no one's going to trust me for healthy recipes anymore because I don't look like so-and-so. And um, I had a really good chat with my husband where he kind of was like, I, I think you're overreacting a little bit. And I think you're maybe being a little crazy. And we decided to go for it. And we had the Good Morning America team come to our house and they filmed and it was so cool. And what was awesome about it is when the segment went live, the response wasn't, oh my gosh, her recipes are amazing. The response was, oh my gosh, I love that she's like me. Um, someone that's just trying their best and trying to show up how they can. And I just started, that's kind of when I started seeing the possibility. Like no one was raving when they were posting about me being on the show. And when they started following, no one was like, oh, I came here for your recipes. They were like, oh, they kind of attached to that same insecurity that I had where they were like, oh, I want to see someone that looks different. And I would really think about what that was. And for me, it was like this fear of not being accepted because I looked a certain way. And so being able to accept myself as I was allowed me to show up better for other people and help other people find that in themselves too. That's so powerful. I've never heard that story before. That's really cool. I feel like so many people listening can relate to feeling, I mean, the the fact that you were posting food pictures so that you didn't have to show your face yeah. and then the thing that you were, felt most vulnerable and didn't want to, you know, you felt it was the hardest for you to actually do is what people were resonating with and attracted yeah. to you. And I think that actually is probably a pretty common threat thread, the thing that we're like afraid to talk about or afraid to open up to, that's usually the thing that people are the most attached to us to. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, I would totally agree. I really think like what we perceive as our greatest weakness is actually our greatest strength because it's through those weaknesses that we, first of all, that we look to improve ourselves and we look to hopefully, you know, get help or whatever with whatever we're going through. But it's our greatest strength because those are our connectors. That's how we connect with other people. We don't connect with people um, because of something they're amazing at typically. Like we we admire it and we can see it, but we really connect with people when we have those similarities, you know? It's so true. I'm just thinking of the things I feel like my audience really connects with. And it's the things I'm like most embarrassed to share. Like, I don't want anyone to know this about me. And that's the thing that on Good Morning America is bringing all these people to you. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's such a cool story. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really interesting, I've I've learned a lot, you know, I've learned a lot from trying to assess what it was that I had so many insecurities about at the beginning. The more I lean into the, that way that I was thinking, I can really think about who the person is that I'm talking to now. Cause I'm talking to her essentially, you know, that person that has insecurities about showing up and it wasn't ever about like, Oh, they wanted healthier recipes to feel better. It was about something at a completely different level. And that's where I've been able to transition into the body image stuff, um, which has felt way more true to me and to who I am and to what I care about. Like I could talk about that all day, every day, whereas healthy recipes, I was like bored to tears. I was like, I just don't care about 
avocado oil anymore and I'm tired of talking about it. That's a really good internal indicator too. I talk to people a lot that are saying like, I'm just, I'm good at it, but it's not exciting. It really bores me to tears. And I think that's a really good indicator that you're not in line with your work. Something Mm -hmm. I think that you do phenomenally, you are such a great community curator. And the thing that you've built community around is this idea that you can sit with us and Mm -hmm. that you're accepted as you are. What do you feel like for those listening that are trying to build a community around the things that they're passionate about? What do you feel like are the top things that have helped you to bring in all these people? Um, I think, first of all, there's a couple of things. When people show up online, I think sometimes they want people to be really vulnerable. Like, why don't people ever, I put up a question online and no one answers it, or I ask them to share this, but no one's ever responding. And I really think you have to dance first. Like you have to be the one to put yourself out there. It's going to be crickets if you're like, hey, tell me about the hardest thing you've ever gone through. And <laughs> people are not going to be like, uh, Let me why? Let me get are- that out. <laughs> and so I feel like you kind of have to lead by example. Like you have to show some vulnerability in order to receive that, you know, and like that trust and vulnerability cycle is so real. And I feel like we have to do that online often if we want to make connection and grow community. And I honestly don't think every business owner needs to be vulnerable to grow a community. But if you want the kind of community where people are engaged and giving you know, there's product based, product based businesses where people will be engaged because they're excited about a product and you can be a little bit disconnected, but it just depends what you want, right? If you want community, what, which is really important to me, that's something that my heart needs is like a community that engages and talks back with me. Like I need that. Then I have to also be willing to put into it. Like I have to be willing to share things with them that are kind of scary and are kind of embarrassing sometimes, or the things that I've learned and you can do it in a really you know, there's some people who almost like use vulnerability and it feels really yucky. You can be vulnerable and not use vulnerability. And I think that's the difference. Like you just want to make sure that you are being open and you know why you're being open, not to get like a ton of interaction or a ton of likes, but just being like, this is the process of building a relationship with people. And this is what's required. I completely agree. And something you've done that's so cool because you have these deep connections with so many people is you've been able to serve them in so many different ways. I mean, you have business courses, Instagram courses. I know you said you're going to be be releasing a TikTok course. You mm-hmm. also have a clothing line that you've released with with that you partnered with a company. Um, I mean, what am I missing here? I feel like you have so many different <laughs> products and opportunities for people to buy from you, not to mention all the swipe up affiliate links you do. So what is the process that you go through to actually really monetize this audience? And how do you decide this is an idea that I have that I think my audience would like? How do you decide to run with it? And then what's next? So I will typically, if I have an idea, cause I have a lot of ideas, you know, I kind of like to sit with something for a day or two and see if it's something that still excites me. Cause we always have ideas that like pass in and out, you know, like yesterday I got excited for like a hot second about like <laughs> kids clothing. I'm like, no, I don't want it. But like for a second you think like, Oh, that'd be fun. I'm like, no, that would actually be terrible. I do not want to do kids clothing. But I think it's like sitting with an idea for, you know, 24, 48 hours and thinking about okay, is this something I'd really want to move forward with? And thinking about how it fits into the big picture, right? Because there is, especially with the kind of work I do where there are random affiliate links and stuff, sometimes I'll see how much something sells and I'm like, oh, I should just do my own. When in all reality, I don't want to start, you know, my own makeup company. Lipstick company, yep. (laughs) 
someone else, but I don't, that's not necessarily what I want to do. But your brain can kind of start to think like that. I think, especially as an entrepreneur, we think like, oh, imagine if I were like getting more, you know, you just think like that. But so I take 24 to 48 hours. I kind of think about it. I think about the big picture, if it fits into what I want to do, like in a five-year, 10-year plan. And then I will take it usually to a group of like five to six people. I have my network, I think, of people that I really trust their opinions on that I know will give me honest feedback. And I think that's key because um, I always say this, my mother-in-law is the sweetest person in the world, but she will literally tell me anything is a good idea, as terrible as this <laughs> And so she's amazing. I, when I need validation, she's great to talk to you. But when I'm trying to go up with like a business idea, you know, every idea is a risk. Every idea is expensive. Every idea takes time away from other ideas. And so when I... I feel like I've been really grateful over the years to kind of build up a little network of people that I really trust. I can take my ideas to them and ask them what they think and they can give me critical feedback on it. They can be excited about it. Like, and they can, there's been plenty of ideas I've taken to those people where they've kind of talked me through it. And I've been like, yeah, that actually probably wouldn't be the best move for me. But there's also been lots where I'll even like drop a seed of like, I've thought about this and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so smart. And this is what you should do. So I think the value of building a network of people you trust, which is why I think what you do in Icon is so awesome because it really helps connect you and network with people that think differently than your family and immediate friends probably. And there's so much value. Yeah. I mean, even just a lot of times if you have a team, a small team, it can be easy to be surrounded by yes people. You know, people yes. are like, yes, that's a good idea. Yes, that's a good idea. They just think everything that you have, like you said, like your mother-in-law, but that yeah. doesn't help you grow a lot of times. And sometimes we get so used to, like, that's comfortable. We like to think that all of our ideas are great, right? And so being able to bring in those outside perspectives, I love, I mean, you basically have an advisory board, right? Yeah. That you're pitching ideas to. I love and that. I think, I think that it is important for entrepreneurs to put themselves in situations where they can make those connections and meet people because it doesn't come naturally. Like I've had to, I have this amazing group of people, but I've had to work for years, like going to events, meeting people, whatever, to get those connections with people. And I feel like now you have access to like masterminds and the, the kind of things that you do that make it so much easier for people now to make those connections. Cause I feel like it's taken me like literally six or seven years just to build <laughs> that network of people that I could really trust, you know, and there's quicker ways to do it now, thankfully. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that actually for a lot of people listening, I think sometimes there's fear around having business friends, especially when you're early starting out, like fear around competition or mm -hmm. don't want them to like take my ideas or, you know, I even see this luckily not in our community because we're very supportive, but I love your take on kind of competition. And so how, how have you found those friendships of people that do bring an outside perspective, but at the same time, they really respect what you're doing. And you, there's not, you know, it's, it's really truly empowering and supporting other people. Yeah. How, do, how have you found that? You know, I think that competition is interesting. I truthfully am not a competitive person by nature. I've actually had to learn a little bit of it and I don't want to be this like gross competitive person, but I've learned to keep some information a little bit closer around people that I that are wonderful people, but I might not trust as much. But I think one of the reasons why I've had some of the success I've had, and I've maintained really fabulous relationships with people who do things very similar to what I do, is that I really go back to that like core belief that why I am doing like body positivity, for instance. 
I do it from a place of acceptance because I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I looked apart, whatnot. And I have a whole history, like life history of stories and whatever that got me to this point to why I attack body positivity the way I do. Not attack, but like, you know, I love that word. Yes. (laughs) Um, Why passionately passionate. Yes. Um, but there's a million, I could list like 20 of my friends, online friends that share the same message in a completely different way. And I guess the reason why I've never felt competitive toward any of them. And I love supporting them is I genuinely believe there are people who need to hear it from me. And there's people who need to hear it from her and her and her because they have different life experiences that resonate with other people. That's why I think it's so important to get in tune with your why is because when you know why you're doing something, I think it's almost this imaginary, but very tangible bridge that connects you to someone. And I believe that the people that need to walk to body positivity on the bridge of, I never fit in. I never looked the part. I never was accepted, whatever they're on my bridge and we're walking over and over on the next town, people who need to hear about it from someone who's been through like an eating disorder or whatever, like they need to hear it from her. And I respect that. I don't have the message for her, but we're all going to the same destination. If that makes sense. My whole body's like covered in chills. It's oh. <laughs> so powerful. I feel like when you have that mindset and like it's it's just abundance, right? And the belief yes. that there's billions of people in the world and you have a gift that was meant to be shared that a specific person is is ready to hear. And um, I think you're so right. I think about all the stories that you've shared. I don't really resonate with a lot of the stories that you share. It's not the story that I've had, but at the same time, I resonate with you so strongly because of, because you've shared that story. And I think when, when there's someone that I know would be such a great fit for what you're offering, I always say, oh, you've got to go check out Ashley. I feel like I talk about you all the time, Ashley. And so I think you're right by telling those stories, you do attract the right people. It's not about attracting everyone. It's about the right people. And can you imagine, I also just think mentally how much it takes off of our shoulders to not have to attract everyone. Can you imagine if I literally was like, I need to make every single person in the world listen to what I have to say. Like I just really, that's exhausting. Right. And so to kind of switch your mindset and be like, the people that need to hear it from me are going to hear it from me. They'll find me. I'm going to keep putting out the kind of content that I know helps the kind of person because I've really identified who I'm talking to. I'm going to keep putting out there and I really trust that it'll come in. And I'll talk to friends even who get really panicked to do the same, you know, like Instagram type work. And they'll be like, my story views are so down and they're all stressed. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the people who needed to hear it from me today found me. (laughs) I just... Kind of like, yeah, it's that like one is greater than zero mentality and you didn't get on this to help millions of people. You started because you wanted to help one. And I think yeah. that's the part that you really lose sight of when you start playing the story view game and likes. And, you know, it was likes five years ago. Now it's story views. Whatever number we're looking at, you get away from actually the human behind that. Totally. Oh, I love that. I'm thinking uh, Sunira shared with me, there's a meme of Michael Phelps swimming and Michael Phelps, his head, his like eyes are straight ahead vision end of the, like he's ready to get to the end of the pool win first. And his competition is looking over his shoulder at Michael Phelps. And it's just kind of showing you that, that if you're, if you want to win, you have to be focused on your vision and your message and your goal and not what everyone else is doing. And I see this so often in the influencer game, people getting so wrapped up in what are they doing or what are they doing? And I think that that's, what's really cool about the community that you've curated with the icon, the icon mastermind members. Like we're just really way too 
focused on her own mission to be concerned about how you're going after yours. And I just, I love, I sense that from you so much. You just care so deeply. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Something that came up as you were talking around this is how overwhelming it would be to impact, you know, to have to, to have to touch every single person in the world with this message. Do you ever feel burnt out? I mean, I see you on stories every single day, sharing something, some new swipe up link. You're always smiling. It appears to me like you always have makeup on. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by just having all these balls in the air all the time? And you've got young kids. Yeah, no, I definitely feel overwhelmed. I tend to, um, it's funny because it would it would appear that I'm online a lot, which I am definitely. I do try to show up every day. I kind of take a break on Sundays, but still sometimes if I feel like something, I'll share it. But I do feel like I'm in the habit of it, but I don't recommend it if it wears people out, you know? So I have a friend who she's like, I just cannot imagine doing that every day. And I'm like, then you shouldn't because then people would really like people would feel your energy if you're forcing yourself on there. And there's definitely days. And I just think, think the internet, the way it works, the way it does, no one really notices if I take a day or two off, but I definitely do take time off because it is a lot. I do get overwhelmed. Um, I get, I have tendonitis in my arm from like being on my phone too much. Oh, seriously. I probably do too. We probably all need to see the same chiropractor. (laughs) I wish so bad that there was a more efficient way to like Instagram sometimes because even on a computer, it's not, it's just not as slick. Like I can get more done on my phone, but yeah, it's, it's bad. And so I'll take breaks sometimes for like a day or so where like, I'll just ice my arm and not be on my phone. Um, but yeah, I, it's not funny, but it, it's actually hilarious. I feel like this is dangerous if, from the outside. If you see an Instagram influencer from the outside, my sister is a, she's a travel blogger and we talk about the whole influencer world all the time and yeah. it feels so glamorous, right? Your Instagram pictures, all like beautiful pictures of you and your cute family and you've got all these fun things and you're always trying the next new thing. And I think there's this whole side to it that people just really don't see. Um, so thank you. Cause I'm like now picturing you icing your arm on Sundays after all of your stories all week. And I'm like, thank you for sharing those stories with us, Ashley. You worked hard for that. Yeah, no. And I've, I've explained my followers sometimes to him. Like I, like I try the best I can to be on here, but it is a lot. And I just think I'm open about it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a job. I joke that it's like, I'm like, I know what it's like to be an NBA player that gets an injury because <laughs> the job requires that I do this, but like the injuries are holding me back and, but it's the injury trying to teach me a lesson that I need to be off my phone more. (laughs) So that's hilarious. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not, but I, I'm just resonating so deeply. So for people at home that are thinking, you know what, that I, I feel like I am a multi-passionate person. I'm like, Ashley, there's so many different things I want to do. Maybe getting into this world of influencing is, (laughs) I know we, none of us really like that word, but creating content and curating community and bringing people together. Yeah. What, where would you recommend they start right now? What's the biggest opportunity that you see? And if you were to start over today, what would you do? I think if I were to start over, that is such a good question. I think if I were to start over, I would stop thinking about what other people think. I think I spent a lot of time trying to manipulate the pe- the way people received me And I have this thing now where I think that people chase being like an Instagram darling where they're like, I am adorable and I have beautiful kids and I have a beautiful home and we're going to take pictures against beautiful brick walls and people like chase this. But one of the most liberating things about Instagram to me was deciding that was never going to work for me or my family. And some people, they just have children who like 
to be in photographs. Like my kids don't, and I'm not going to force them to do it. And so I just kind of was like, you know what, if that's what it takes for me to be successful, I don't want it anyways. And so I just started really leaning into what I could and wanted to talk about and wanted to share. So I think if I were to get started, I would really think about what it is that I want to give and not try to look and see what other people are doing and trying to replicate it. Because I think I definitely fell victim to that at the beginning when I was trying to figure out how to Instagram. I'm like, oh, being an Instagrammer looks like, um, you know, like posing in front of this wall and wearing these kind of walls. Yes, walls, like finding it. And I remember Googling like walls that I could go find. And it just was like, oh, it's like yucky and exhausting. And my kids would complain they didn't want to be in pictures. And I was like, this is terrible. But when I really gave that up a couple years ago, and I was just like, I'm, my kids are going to grow up anyways. I don't want a brand that's dependent on my kids being cute. They're all going to turn nine years old and get braces and age out. Yeah. For a little bit. (laughs) It just felt like a lot to put on their shoulders. And so, I just was like, okay, what do I want to talk about? What resonates with people? Like real, like it goes back to the same thing, like finding your why, knowing what you want to share and just being really consistent at sharing it over and over and over again. And also learning. Like I think I even look back to some of my early posts talking about body image and I get like, why did I say that? (laughs) But we have to learn and we have to evolve. Right. And so Look, yeah, you got to put out work that's not very good sometimes to get, I mean, always actually. Yeah. It takes yeah. practice. Yeah, you just want to like, you practice, you learn, and you grow. And I just think not looking at what other people are doing and just really trying to figure out what it is you want to do and what it is you want to share. And yeah. I love you spoke too to, you know, what's sustainable for you. We talk about that in, in Icon, what's what's profitable, what's sustainable, and what's fulfilling. Those are like our three driving questions. And, you know, for you, you said, okay, I realized a trend I could get on, do what everybody else is doing, but that's not sustainable for, for mm-hmm. me in my life. And I think it can be easy to chase kind of the shiny things. And in order to do this successfully, it does take years of practice. You know, Ashley, I don't think that you would be where you are today if you hadn't written all those kind of crappy posts that you're embarrassed of around body image years ago, oh, right? Like it sure, just yeah. takes that repetition. Um, so, okay, if you were to start over today, you're going to find your why. You're going to not care what other people think. Let's talk like specifics. What app would you get on? What would you start doing? I know you're, you've been absolutely killing it on TikTok. My team and I have been watching your TikTok tutorials. You've got amazing TikTok tutorials. I learned, finally understood how everybody can do dances now. They do them in half time. I've learned so much from you. So what's the first thing like tactically, if you were going to start as a content creator, where would you start? What would you write in your profile? What would you start posting around? I mean, for sure I would start on Instagram. I think you need to have an Instagram because I feel like Instagram right now is basically like web pages, right? And there's just so many, TikTok is so fun and it's awesome. But right now there's so many more capabilities on Instagram. I Honestly, if I were just getting started, I would also get started on TikTok. I think everyone should be on TikTok as soon as possible because I listened to this podcast with Gary V. Love him. He's the greatest. Um, and he said, he's the one who kind of convinced me to go on it a couple months ago. And he said, even if TikTok crashes and burns tomorrow, which every single report you read would prove it's not, it's doing quite the opposite. But even if it crashes and burns tomorrow, the way that you create content on TikTok is the way people want to consume content now. So learning how to make short, engaging video 
that resonates with people and catches their attention very quickly is so important. And so I honestly think if I had limited resources, I would get an Instagram for sure and a TikTok. I just think you need both of them right now. And you could, if you're strapped on time, you could even make your TikTok videos be your Instagram content. But I just think Instagram is basically like a mini webpage right now. It directs people to email you to your website, to whatever. They can contact you easier than they can on TikTok. And I still think it is very relevant and it is super important. But yeah, I would get a bio set up that says what you do and like what you offer and start just creating every single day. Like you have to show up. It's fascinating. I didn't know what you were going to say if you would do an Instagram too. And I completely agree that Instagram is kind of the web page, the yeah. homepage. Um, and I agree with you. We, we've been studying TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok for like two hours a day, just studying. I need to stop studying and start creating, but it's a very different way to create content. And I remember when Insta stories came out, people saying like, oh, this is one more thing I have to do. And I just remember I was thirsty and I was hungry and I was young and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I did stories every single day. And that was actually when my business picked up. So I think whenever there's something new, there's an opportunity to be an early adopter. And then, totally. you know, I think now I'm like, man, if I hadn't been doing stories every day, I'd be terrible at, at creating yeah. content because that's, it's such yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. No, but I honestly don't think a business can survive Instagram without being active on stories now. And it used to be, yeah, the thing would be like, oh, I don't, I don't do stories. That's not like, I just do my feed. I'm like, I literally never I only see feed posts that are posted into stories. Like then I'll go read it, but I don't scroll my Instagram feed anymore. Like I watch stories and then if they, if they have a post in their stories then I'll go tap over and read it. But it's, yeah, it's just different. It's evolved so much. And I see so many similar patterns with TikTok. It's crazy being like such a grandma. I feel like I'm such a social media grandma. Cause I feel that way too. You're not, you're so cool. But I feel like when I got on Instagram, everyone was scaring me about Instagram. Like, oh, it's bad. They're stealing all your information. They're taking all your pictures. Like there was all this stuff like quit Instagram. Like everyone was so mad. And I remember just being like, I'm just going to keep doing it. And I'm embarrassed to be on Instagram, but I'm going to do it. And I feel this exact same vibe with TikTok. Like I get messages every day from people telling me to get off of it and it's terrible. And I'm just like, no, this is powerful and I'm not going anywhere, you know? That's so funny. I completely agree. And something I think about you that I don't know if you realize this or not, but I feel like you have an incredible eye for spotting opportunity and capitalizing on it. And I've noticed that pattern yeah. over and over again in your business. You know, you you come up with great, you see great opportunities in the market to serve your your community better and to introduce new products to them. I saw you be an early adopter on Instagram. I mean, I was one of your first Amazon Ashley followers. I saw you be an early adopter to TikTok and I've seen how you've really been rewarded for that. So what, how do you feel like you really identify, oh, this is a good opportunity. And then from there, what do you feel like are the steps? You know, do you test something for a couple months? Like how do you really decide to go all in, whether it's a new product or on TikTok? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think that it is. I mean, I think a key indicator if it's if it's something that I get really into, if it sucks me in, um, like there's been a, quite a few other apps that have come and gone. Like I not, honestly never even got into Vine. I'm not really big on Twitter, whatever. But I think um, that I, if it's something that draws me in, that's always interesting. And I noticed I was spending more time on TikTok than Instagram, which was bizarre because I would spend a lot of time on Instagram. Um, but then also I think that there is 
good press and bad press, right? Like there was a lot of people saying how horrible TikTok was. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like drawn into it. But I have felt embarrassed to be on TikTok. I have, I was embarrassed to be on Instagram. I was embarrassed to start a blog. Like it was all this like embarrassment, which is kind of a key theme. I don't know why, but it's like, you have to be an early adapter. You have to be okay being embarrassed and you have to be okay being judged. I remember like my own family member telling me that starting a blog was narcissistic and that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if I would have listened to that person, it's just crazy. You know, what would have the trajectory of my life would have been completely different, but I saw, I saw something there and I, I was having fun and I wanted other people to be able to have fun too. And so with TikTok, it's embarrassing right now. Like I still get eye rolls and I still get messages on Instagram from people telling me to get off TikTok. And I'm like, okay, it just give me a few months and then you'll be like, you'll all be over there. <laughs> like, so I think you have to be okay being embarrassed and you have to be okay if your friends and family don't support you. Um, you would just have to kind of go with your gut. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's like a key to early adopting is you just really have to, it's kind of like that quote you say, like you have to be okay when no one's cheering, like right when no one's clapping. I don't know. You have a great quote about that on your Instagram that I love. Well, I feel like I was like, let's all quote Ashley on this. You have to be okay to be judged and embarrassed because I completely agree. I'm over here like, yeah. And honestly, sometimes it is embarrassing because what you're putting out isn't that good and you have to be okay with that. Oh yeah. And Um, even getting on to TikTok and even the same thing with Instagram, the stuff I was putting out when I was learning TikTok or learning Instagram, it's not that great. It's just an experiment at that point. Right. And even when I got on TikTok, I was like, I'm going to be a body positive TikToker. Like that's what I thought a couple months ago. And then I got on there and I was like, everyone is asking me 24 seven, how to work TikTok. Why don't I just talk about how to do TikTok? And then as soon as I like niche down to like, I'm going to teach you how to TikTok, it exploded. And so it's like, it look, it might look different than you think, but experimenting, figuring out what's working, figuring out what's resonating with people and kind of finding that happy zone in the middle of like what you want to share and what people are picking up on. Then you just like drive down on that, you know? That's such a good point. And really taking action first and then listening. If you sat on this for six months, you know, kind of like I have over here thinking, what, what's my niche going to be on TikTok? You, you're never going to find it. And I think for a lot of people, they, I, I hear, you know, I don't know what my message is. I don't know what my why is. I don't know who I'm trying to attract. But if you're not putting in the work, you're never going to find out what that's going to look like down yeah. the line. So yep. I really, yep. I'm like I'm over here snaps 100% on the same page as you. Um, Something I think that you've done, you have so much experience across so many different styles of products. So what we do in the Icon Mastermind is we launch digital products. So we do like online courses, memberships, masterminds. And I know you've had your hand in kind of all of those as well as in-person events. You've also done a lot of physical products. What do you feel like has been the hardest product to launch and the biggest lesson you've learned from that? Um, I really, there is, there is just like the beast of physical products is so interesting to me because there is a lot to figure out with like manufacturing and shipping and weights and SKUs and all that stuff. I, there is 
an intoxicating thing about moving a physical product. It's really, really fun to like have a number and clear it out and even to like see the boxes stacked high. Like it is really fun, but it is a lot of work. And I've sat with, I'm in a couple other mastermind groups and I have been over the years and I sit with people who do products who have very successful product businesses. And I still am always shocked with people that do products, how much they still (laughs) struggle to like you know, there's like such a cash flow issue where there's like all this stuff. And I've done inventory. Yeah. Yeah. Like keeping the inventory and keeping like, I mean, just switching out colors and you have to be thinking so far ahead with like, with a lot of products, it's, they're usually seasonal and there's just all these things and it's a headache. I, I liked doing it, but I don't think that I would ever be interested in running a product only business. I have found that the products I like doing, I kind of like doing in partnership with someone so they can handle all the messy stuff. I'm like, I'll talk about it. I'll get excited about it. I don't want to have to deal with anything on the back end because it's a lot. Like people who do physical products are rock stars. Like there's so much involved there. But I've just I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I've learned that it's not something that I want to do right now with my capacities, right? Like maybe at some point, but I don't know. I feel like I've done enough to kind of recognize it's something I like to do occasionally sometimes, but I don't want to be a full-time product developer, you know? I think that's something you've done really well is that you have like dipped your hands in a lot of different pots to figure out what you like and what you want to do. And I feel the same way about our business and the, you know, the clients that we consult for that sometimes we say, well, I don't know, am I going to like this? Am I going to like that? And you have to just try it to see because everything comes with its pros and cons. Right. And I think that that's, you don't, you don't ever really know the beast um, until, until you get into it. Um, With like this clothing line, I remember thinking I wanted to do my own clothing line and I was like, this is going to be great. Like I'll totally do it on my own. And then I got approached with this opportunity to work with down East and they're already an established clothing brand and they wanted to have a specific line that was size inclusive. And once we really got into the weeds, like the math behind plus size clothing is insane. And they had like a full-time design team working around the clock to get all the sizes to Matt. And I was like, oh, I would have never done this on my own. And then I was so glad to be a part of that. You know, we just learned so much. That's a great um, idea too for people that want, because I completely agree. You know, if there's a new product that you want to get in with, can you partner with somebody first and, yeah. you know, really learn the system and learn because they're not, we're not, none of, nobody's recreating anything from scratch. Like there mm-hmm. is a playbook for how to launch a clothing line. There's a playbook for how to launch a, a physical product line and a digital product. And there's so much value in just learning from someone who's done it um, yeah. rather than really recreating the wheel. And, and like you said, understanding the part that you're really good at, which is getting people excited about the product and sales and promotion. How can you sit in that seat more? And I think you've done a lot of partnerships in that way that have really been win-win in that way, which I've, I've loved to see and be a part of. Um, yeah. Something I would love to, we, we talk about entrepreneurship a lot. It's, it's kind of gotten very sexy, especially the influencer world, right? It's like you talked about those people wanting to be a darling and yeah. there's a lot of lows and there's a lot of hard times that come around it. Would you be comfortable sharing one of the moments that this was really hard for you and really what you did to come out of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this to you before. I don't remember, but I actually, my very first company that I had, I bought, I had been teaching first grade full time and I decided I didn't want to be full time in a classroom anymore, but I had found this kind of silver lining thing where I was like, I could be a tutor for this company. And then the owner ended up moving. It was a long story, but I was presented with an opportunity to buy this tutoring business. And I thought it was going to be 
perfect because I could do it from home and I could maybe tutor a little bit if I wanted to. And it cost me like, it, especially what we made at the time, it was a massive investment, but I really believed it was going to be amazing. And I worked really hard for three years at that business and it completely tanked. Like we just ran into obstacle after obstacle with advertising and even social, like social media, like everything was so, so hard. And I remember feeling like a failure and I had quit my job for this and we had lost all this money on it. And it was really frustrating. But I, what I learned while that business was failing is what I use to propel into what I do now. And I was able, I learned social media and I learned blogging and I learned like how to, you know, share a message, like all these, I have an elementary education degree and I basically feel like I'm in marketing. Like that's what my job is right now is like marketing is selling products, whatever. And it's just so funny, but it's because my business failed that I learned what was not working. And those roadblocks like taught me what I wanted to do moving forward. So I think it's like taking lessons learned from your failures and figuring out what you can tweak and change to move to the next. And it doesn't mean necessarily closing a business, but maybe it's just the next step or the next direction or the next product, you know, taking what you've learned from that failure and using it to propel you forward. I truly believe that there's no failures, just lessons. I've personally built so many companies. I mean, ones that people probably even never heard of. We had a, we had a children clothing line back in the day. I mean, we never actually launched it, but they're like, there's so many things that I learned from, you know, on paper failed businesses. And, you know, I always say you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience and really do take those lessons and they propel you so fast. And we always say, fail fast, fail hard, fail forward and move on. And I think that that is something that you've really exercised is that resiliency that we talk about, the ability to take that and say, okay, it failed, but I'm not a failure. It's an event and there's something I can learn from this and that you were still decided to start another business and another from that. And I think that's the mark of a true entrepreneur being able to get back up. You know, if you had a business that failed, it doesn't mean you aren't cut out for entrepreneurship. It means welcome to the club. Right. I know. It's funny because I used to think like I've changed my story with um, entrepreneurship because yeah, it is, it feels so sexy and it feels whatever, but it's actually when you're in the weeds, it is hard. It is hard work. I guarantee I work way more now than I did when I was teaching. <laughs> and it's funny that like, that was what's stressful, but it's like, okay, it's a different, it's a different kind of thing. And I have a different like quality of life, I think. And I love what I do and I'm driven by it more, but I think that yeah, it's, it's putting in, it's putting in the hard work for sure, but it's just so much more worth it. It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. You get the flexibility and the freedom to work when and how you want. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be working at all. Otherwise we'd all just be sitting on a beach sipping pina coladas, but you do get so much freedom. And I think for me, it's so much more about the impact that you get and that you get to have than even the freedom or the financial rewards. Like those are beautiful, but to be, to, I mean, you're, you're not building a life, you're building a legacy. And I think it's just so inspirational to see you doing that, Ashley. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I feel like this is, I want to re-binge this a hundred (laughs) times. Learned so many amazing things from you. Where can everybody find you? Where can they follow you? Um, how, How can they learn more about the world of Ashley? I am on Instagram and TikTok as we talked about, but it's just Ashley Rose Reeves, just my name. I'm everywhere. You can find me anywhere if you put that in any sort of way. <laughs> if you 
you have anything exciting coming up that you're launching? I know you t- you're doing a ton of TikTok education on TikTok right now. I am working on a TikTok training. It's going to be like a mini course just to help people get started, like a TikTok 101, um, just to help people get started and figure out how to make it work for them in their business. And I've been, you know, running it with a couple businesses and it's been so cool to see how they're having success on there. So it's been really fun. I'm troubleshooting everything. It's still probably a few weeks out, but I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, you know, myself and the whole Icon team, we all want access. I'm sure everybody listening does too. We want to learn all of your TikTok tricks. Um, So we'll go ahead and we'll link up to that in the show notes when it comes out so that everyone can get a chance as well. Um, Any last words of wisdom or a favorite quote that you want to leave us with? Oh man. Um, I guess since we talked a little bit about social media, I think that it's, I always just say be social on social media because it's like the simplest thing, but I think it's really important that when you're getting started and when you're trying to build that community that you remember that you have to show up for people to want to be there and not to complain when no one's hanging out with you on social media, if you're not showing up either. Um, I just think it's really cool. It's been such an amazing blessing in my life and my personal life and my business life. And I just think that, yeah, there's, we all have so much to share. It's never too late. I have so many things to say apparently, but yeah, it's never too late. Just get started. (laughs) I love it so much. We can keep going. Um, well, we'll get lots more of your wisdom. You teach actually, you're an incredible teacher in Insta stories as well. I know we mostly talked about TikTok, but you do a lot of how to grow an Instagram and talking about community and share a lot of tips on Insta stories that I've really helped. Me as well. So make sure you guys follow along. Ashley is amazing. She's so fun. Her husband is hilarious. I feel like I I feel like I'm a part of your marriage just from watching your TikTok videos. So I'm super excited for you guys to get to know Ashley better. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ashley. This was incredible. You bet. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class. This episode is brought to you by the Icon Method. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, a designer, nutritionist, photographer, educator, and you feel like the only way to make more is to work more, this is for you. The Icon Method is our proven playbook to win back your time with passive income. It stands for ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. Here's the deal. We love running big businesses, but we don't believe your business should run you. And there is a way you can take your years of expertise and experience and turn it into six and seven figure programs that change lives in your sleep. Our Icon alumni are running best-selling online courses, membership sites, and digital downloads across every industry imaginable, and we want to show you how to. If you've ever thought about launching a passive program, or maybe you're just curious what this could look like for you, go right now to ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon. We have an incredible free guide taking you step-by-step through the whole icon process. This has been completely life-changing for so many women, and we want to invite you to dream bigger and expand your impact with this proven method. Again, that's ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon.